hello and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Still I Rise. I'm your host and friend, Cherry Golightly. As a quick disclaimer, I am not a licensed therapist, psychologist, psychoanalyst, or psychiatrist, so please do not substitute this podcast for any mental health, therapy, or assistance that you feel that you may be in need of. In my podcast, I'm here to share my journey as a newly single mommy of two wonderful little boys. I was in a very toxic marriage of 11 years and just recently I decided that I was going to take my life back. Um, I will be sharing with you guys my journey as my new chapter unfolds. It's been very challenging and uplifting just been a very interesting journey so I'm here to help and hopefully empower those who find themselves in the same situation or a similar situation to gain that confidence and take their life back as well so once again thanks for listening Good early morning and late night. It is one of those nights again. So, I'll explain more once we hear from our sponsors. So, I'll check back with you guys in just a moment. It is one of those late night episodes with me again. (laughs) I think I record more of those than anything else. So... It's one of those nights, again, that I am up. My kids are asleep. I think I've done some, I think I made some progress. And you guys will probably be keeping me company while I am cleaning up a bit. Once again, the life of a mom. So I do apologize for all the background noise. There's so much to do, you know, and I... Always have to keep busy. There's some times, though, my friends, where I feel like just saying, you know what, I don't want to do this tonight. I just want to do this tomorrow, which there were days that I have done that, and I don't think it served me any purpose, good purpose, because I have a tremendous amount to clean up afterwards, and my work just doubles. And so it's been crazy. I'm trying to not do that so much. I'm trying my best to just stay on top of like my mommy duties, you know, um, as far as keeping our living environment clean and organized. I talk about this quite a bit. I'm probably sounding like some kind of, um, you know, some kind of neat freak, which I totally am not. I just, it's hard, (laughs) you know, keeping your house clean, with two little boys is literally like shoveling snow while it's still snowing. And I've heard, I know everybody has heard that quite a bit, but you know, I'm fortunate enough to work from home to where I can, you know, just not have to worry about the commute or not have to worry about any type of, you know, um, getting ready or, um, I'm blessed to be able to have my kids here while I'm working and, you know, I, I want to continue to have that blessing while I can and while they're still at this age. And, 
you know, hopefully everything will go well. But what I wanted to share with you guys today, I know that I speak of a lot of positive things and, you know, just moving forward. But the reality of things is I understand that there are some people that are still kind of going through, um, you know, going through the challenges of probably still being in, you know, whether it's a narcissistic uh, marriage. And I will say that these go hand in hand or a, um, you know, if you're dealing with somebody that has, you know, methamphetamine addictions, it's very hard. It's so hard to deal with that. And, you know, especially when they have very, um, how do I say this? Very like bold, if you will, bold, um, narcissistic characteristics. That's where it can get very, very challenging. And, you know, I can say I can, I, I really do feel that I'm going through that. And on top of that, to really worsen it, I have a, a narcissistic mother and, you know, a sibling that goes right along with everything that my mother says. And, you know, as, as the time goes, I'm pretty much left on my own. Um, I do have a few family members that have reached out and I do appreciate that. And I know that, you know, everybody has their own lives and those are my cousins and, you know, from like the extended family, but truly like immediate family wise, I don't really have, you know, a whole lot of, um, people to turn to because I do understand that, you know, they, they probably feel bad for my ex, uh, it's not a good thing. It's, oh, sorry. I'll have to, you guys will have to excuse the noise. Like I said, I'm getting ready for the, the day tomorrow. I'm putting away dishes and things, but like I had mentioned, um, you know, it's like, it's hard, especially when you were in a very long-term, you know, tight knit marriage for, quite some time. In my case, it was 11 years. And, uh, it was hard. There's a lot of history. Many people would ask me, you know, when they find it, when they found out what exactly, you know, happened with him, they asked me things like, well, how did he get on it? What caused him to get on it? And I think this is probably just in my own head, but I tend to think that maybe they're blaming me for that. And I think the reason why I'm so um, conscious about that or sensitive about that, if you will, is because I am actually getting blamed for it. I've gotten blamed for, you know, his drug use and... You know, the reason why he decided to use was because I was too much and, you know, um, and this is actually coming from my own family, basically, you know, telling my children that possibly the reason why their father got into drugs was because me and him fought a lot and I annoyed him. Wow. You know, but 
for those of us that know better, we know that nobody can make anybody become an addict. They choose to be that way. So if you're in the same boat and somebody's telling you that, tell them to knock it off. Or don't talk to them. Just keep going with your life and that's all you can do. So here's the deal. Back to that question, how did he get on it? Well, I'm going to share with you guys my story and it might be a very long one. So I do apologize in advance if I do tend to uh, just rant. But, you know, I figured I would put the pieces together for you guys while I'm here taking care of them. Some things. I don't know why I have a lisp today. It might be because my wisdom tooth is growing in. But here we go. This is something that is very hard to to really talk about. But I'm going to go ahead and, and tell you guys. One of the reasons why I was very careful about what I've exposed on this podcast is because there are a few people that do know me that are listening and I know that there's still people that are affiliated with my ex and you know I don't want them to turn around and 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 tell him and it'll cause problems and you guys get it it's not that I have anything to hide but honestly at this point I would really just like to have peace and quiet in my life and not be bothered but at the same token, my friends, you know, there's a purpose of why I am, you know, I, I started this podcast and it was to help the rest, you know, it's to help empower other women who are in the same situation to know that they're not alone. There's so many other people that are struggling and I really felt that if I shared my story, it will help other people and So far, I've gotten very good feedback from it, and, you know, I am very proud that I've been able to help others, even if it's just a little bit. I'm happy for that. I truly am. But, you know, it's like my journey did not start right after my divorce, and I soon figured that out as soon as I left and everything just turned out as it as it did I realized that I my journey started from when I was you know just a new grad from nursing school you see like I said it started with my mother as a narcissist and um you know if uh you guys find the time to really research what a narcissistic mother, abusive, an abusive narcissistic mother is or how they are to their daughters. You'll understand how that is. Um, at first, I just didn't want to believe it because I thought that I might have been, you know, just overreacting or just exaggerating my, my thoughts on how everything was. But I remembered 
after I left how badly I wanted out of that situation. And it was bad enough for me to move in with a man I only knew for about three months. I met my ex-husband on MySpace. Yes, that's how old this whole thing was. But I met my ex-husband on MySpace and I... You know, he was a charmer. He completely love-bombed me. He was just so charming. And I remember he had said, you know, we were talking on the phone, and he was just amazing, you know, and just really knew how to talk. <laughs> so anyways, you know, he, we, we talked on the phone for a good while, and I just realized that everything was rushed. And it was kind of strange, strange to me because... Uh, I don't know, like just how he was, but I was like, wow, I, I, I found the one and, you know, within like a few days, like we actually did stay in the car one time, like when we very first met, cause like I said, we were just talking over the phone and we were talking through MySpace and, you know, it was, it was really nice because we had a lot of common ground and that common ground was actually being the black sheep of our our families <laughs> go figure after that we you know we started to see each other more and more and I wanted to introduce him to my family and my family did like him and um, actually when we first started talking on the phone he had told me that there was something that he needed to tell me I said, okay, well, you know, um, so when I meet him, I notice that he has tattoos, but these are not your ordinary tattoos. These tattoos look like they were homemade, if you guys are catching my drift. Uh, one of them actually had one around the collarbone, like kind of like a necklace. I'm not sure how to really describe that, and I probably sound ridiculous, you know, um, describing where it was, but yeah, it looks like a little necklace and it says on it to love is to suffer. And I'm just like, okay, that's interesting. But, uh, yes, he was dressed up very nicely, a button up shirt and I, but the button up shirt was partially opened on the top to where the tattoo was exposed, you know, uh, I remember he had this smile that kind of captivated me at that time. And, you know, uh, he, we sat down at Starbucks and he said, okay, you know, I, I told him I'm ready to hear what you have to tell me. And so he tells me I'm on parole. I'm like 23 at this time, completely just oblivious. And I said, uh, what does that mean? does that mean you've been in prison? And he says, well, duh. So I said, well, did you learn your lesson? Here's the thing that I failed to recognize at that time. Um, being a young girl, I didn't realize that him being on parole was, you know, pretty fresh. So yes, like I said, it was pretty fresh and, uh, you know, come to find out after, um, like fast forward, I found out he was just released two weeks prior to that. 
And anyhow, we got to know each other. It was nice, but there was just some weird thing about him. Um, you know, I don't know if you guys ever have had those moments where you would talk to your significant other until you'd fall asleep. Well, I would call him late at night and there would be times that he wouldn't answer. And it was just strange. I couldn't, I couldn't really put my finger on it. He just wouldn't answer. And, you know, it's like, it was weird because I remember even having this dream, like, I had a dream that I talked to a few of his exes and they were telling me that he was no good. I didn't want to believe it. But, I mean, hey. So then he was like, oh, well, I was at the casino. And I'm just like, oh, okay. And then after that, it's like he started coming around again. And, you know, it's like he was all into me. And um, so one day... You know, just to kind of speed things up a bit, I was not in a good situation with my parents. My parents were constantly fighting. Um, my dad was just not well mentally and psychologically. Things are going on with my mother. He was accusing her of cheating, which I'm going to leave that alone right there. And in a sense, it kind of made him go crazy. So, anyways, there was a lot of hostility in the house. And my ex had walked in on me and my dad, literally throwing fists at each other. So, I'm outside. I'm crying. He talks to me and said, I think you should move in with me because this is not a healthy environment for you. Totally love bombing me. He says, I promise I'll give you a much better life. We're going to be happy. I believed him. So I started moving my things, and I didn't move out. I escaped my parents' house. You know, um, it got to that point where my mom did not like him, and... I was actually being, you know, um, de they were demanding $1,000 a month from me at 23 years old, and I was working as, you know, I was working in my career already, but my curfew was at 9, but yet I had to pay $1,000 a month. Interesting. So, honestly, I, I just wanted to live my life, and I left. I quit my job, I dropped everything, I left everything, and I moved in with my ex-husband, just like that. It was supposed to be a fairy tale. We were supposed to live happy ever after, but that did not happen. So what ended up happening, everything was good for a while. I'm going to speed this up because there's a lot of things that happen in between. But long story short, I started getting very depressed because I kept getting harassment calls from my parents, messed up text messages from my sister, and it was just bad. And, you know, in the midst of this, my ex was like, let's go get married. So we got married. But actually, you know, I should have, going back real quick, I, 
I want to say that there was a lot of shadiness going on because the very first night that I moved in, I was on the phone or he was on the phone and he didn't want to acknowledge the fact that he was spending, because it was on New Year's Eve, he didn't want to acknowledge the fact that he was spending New Year's Eve with his girlfriend. And it was just weird because I wasn't sure if he was speaking to a girl, but, you know, I mean, I was upset. So then he says, hey, let's get married. Oh, wow, a way to manipulate. So we went to Vegas, tried to get married. That didn't work. But long story short, we I had left my house the day before New Year's Eve. And fast forward in March, actually, that's coming up. Obviously, it's March now, but... Around March, we eloped and got married in the library. And from then, things started to go downhill. I was working. You know, I noticed that he was never home. He was always leaving. And if he was home, he was gaming all night long till 6 in the morning. And then he would leave. It was so crazy, the feeling that I got. And there was even a time where I came home at 11 o'clock and I was trying to call him and he but answered the phone and there was another female in the car. So then it's like when he finally answered the phone, I was crying and I said, you're cheating on me. And oh, by the way, at this time I was pregnant with my first. So yeah, I, I think all of that happened, and uh, I think I might have actually gone into this before. I think I might have, but, you know, from the beginning, it was all bad, now that I think of it, and there is a part of me that wants to say that he has changed over the nine years, but at the same time, my friends, I'm not entirely sure what to believe anymore. It's very hard, you know, because we did get through a lot of tough times. We got through, you know, he was incarcerated for five months and he changed after my children were born and he stayed straight from what I was aware of for nine years. Till this day, I'm not really sure if I can really blame myself for things that happened. And I, I don't think that I can. And it's not a good thing to blame myself because I did not choose for him to make these decisions. Because no matter how bad things got, there's no way he should have allowed this to happen to himself, especially after having kids and being in the right state of mind. I'm not sure entirely what happened, but my friends, even when he wasn't on drugs, I was not happy. And I believe that either way, eventually, I probably would have wanted to walk away. I did everything that I could to save this marriage. I did everything that I could to try to keep him clean. The reason why I bring this up is because I know that there's still people out there that are holding on to a marriage or a relationship for whatever reason. And I know 
it's hard, especially for the those of us that are codependent. We really have this addiction to this type of treatment, and it's very odd. We do everything in our power to try to keep the other person safe, out of trouble, everything. Even if it means calling off of work just to make sure that the person doesn't go out and do drugs or doesn't do fraud or whatever the case may be. But eventually all of that stuff gets old. And that's what happened to me, my friends. I'm going to take a quick break for just a moment. And I'll check back with you guys very shortly. So please hang tight. So, welcome back. I bring this up because, like I said, I understand that there's still a lot of you guys that are in these situations. And it's hard to make that determination of whether or not you want to leave or stay. I understand. You know, there's history there, the children, everything that pops into your head, I understand why. It's hard to go. But I'm going to have you ask yourself the same question that I asked myself, you know, as you're sitting here contemplating. A lot of people think that they need to stay because it's their duty. You know, everybody has their own views, but I'll be honest with you, my friends. That duty only goes so far, but once you start losing yourself and you no longer can really be the best person that you can be, it's time to go. You know, it's better to be... It's better to have peace. It truly is. I would rather have peace than to deal with all this nonsense. And I'll be honest, even afterwards, there's still no peace. And I know what a lot of you might be thinking. Some, or not a lot, but maybe some might be thinking, well, you know, if there's not going to be peace afterwards, then I might as well just stay. No, not really. I'll tell you why. You know, earlier today I was actually discussing what's going on with the uh, car situation with one of my really good friends. And she had said, you got out in the nick of time when you were supposed to. My friends, I want you to understand that things don't stay the same. Like if they're bad, they're not going to continue to stay at the same level, like at a level three bad it will continue to evolve and it will get worse and worse because when it comes down to these people that are on meth methamphetamines, one thing that I've learned is, you know, yeah, they will probably try to hide it from you because they don't want to you to know and they don't want to lose their safety net. But in actuality, you know, it's like they start to care less and less as time goes on because you know they're so deep into whatever it is that's going on and that's what happened with my ex-husband you know I want to say throughout that you know that uh, time frame of nine years he was 
probably the best person that he could have ever been. You know, he was at some point a very good father. And I think that's why it's very hard for my own family to, you know, accept the fact that he's no longer the person that he was. You know, I tried to explain to them. They said, well, why can't you guys just talk? I said, you know, honestly, when somebody is on drugs, it's literally just like those zombie movies or where brainwashing movies where, you know, the significant other or the family member is trying to snap them out of it and say, hey, look at me. I'm right here. Come back. And they don't come back. That's exactly how that is. It doesn't matter if you get hurt. It doesn't matter what they do to you. They don't care. They don't feel it. They take these drugs to be numb and numb and numb and it just doesn't matter. Nothing matters to them but themselves and that's just how it is. You just have to let it go. If you care about yourself, if you care about your children, you have to go. It's not going to get any better. I wish it would. Now, unless they do go out and, um, and seek help, then it'll get better. But it's not your job to drag them to rehab. You know, if they say, okay, I'm ready to go, then they will go. Sometimes they have to hit rock bottom in order to go. And I'll be honest, this is just very direct. You know, during those times that I was, when I was pregnant with my firstborn and he was pulling these shenanigans, I was afraid that he would find somebody that would, you know, be, um, you know, that would actually, <sighs> going along with the shenanigans, he'll find a significant other or somebody of interest and, you know, he would leave me for, for that person. But, you know, I mean, at that time, I, I guess I really believe that he did love me. And, you know, till this day, I will never know if he ever was unfaithful during those times that, you know, I was pregnant with my son. I, I'll never know. Perhaps there was that during that time he was. But, you know, there was a lot of things that he was dishonest about. You know, there was a time where, you know, he was, he, you know, when they do this, they like to they like to do identity theft and fraud and all this stuff. And he actually got me fired from one of my jobs because I did not know this. And I was pregnant with my son. I didn't know this. But later on, it's like his parole officer had contacted me and told me that one of the checks that he used, the payroll check that he tried to, you know, um, forge was one in fact one of my paychecks from my employee employer um you know it had the logo and the watermark and everything and he had tried to copy that and i got fired um you know it was embarrassing i i personally called my boss and you know she was she was pleasant and i told her i said i am so sorry i had nothing to do with this and you know um she said that she believes me we don't know but she said that she had believed me that, you know, um, she knows that I, I wouldn't have done that. And she feels very bad for me because she sees me as like her own daughter. But she had to let me go because there was just too much of a liability and I completely understood. But there you go. You know, and I was foolish enough to stay with that. And, you know, I, I forgave that. And, you know, it, it's just... 
now that I think of it, I was, I was really, I was really stupid. You know, now that I think of the things that I've done and, you know, I mean, but I'll be honest, my friends, I don't regret a single thing of it because as I always say, I was fortunate enough to have my sons and my sons are the best things that have ever happened to me. You know, they, they shaped me to be the person that I am today and the person that I want to be. So, like I said, things happen for a reason and I don't regret any of it. But when I think of the things that I had, in a sense, put myself through just to prove my love to a man that probably never never really cared. Maybe towards the nine years there was a point where he did care, but you know, later on it just things just fell apart and you know, even minus the drugs and everything else in other people's lives things fall apart and you know, it's okay. It's not, you know, nobody should be forced to be in a marriage or in a relationship when they're not happy. It shouldn't have to work that way. It's just you know, it's just a waste of life, you know, and that was something that he would tell me. Were we supposed to be happy all the time? Well, there's some times where you're not going to be happy, but, you know, it's like you don't need to be miserable with each other. I mean, that's just the truth. So I just, uh, you know, at times I do still get sad when I think about how bad things got and how they spiraled, but I'll be honest. I truly am at my best and happiest times. Even though I'm struggling, I'm at peace. I am learning more and more about myself, more and more about my boys. Everything right now is trial and error. Everything is just, it's crazy because when you're married, you, you have somebody that you consult with with a lot of decisions but you know sometimes that can be a headache sometimes it's like you would rather not you want to just do things on your own because you don't have time and you know the other person's just kind of lollygagging or whatever the case may be it can get pretty frustrating but with that being said it's just you know it's kind of a uh It's a hit and miss. There's some times where it's like, you know, you, you do want that help. You do want that assistance. And there's those other times where you're just like, you know what, I'm glad I don't really have to deal with anybody else's opinion or, you know what I mean, or I don't have to sit here and argue with anybody. I can just make my decision without, you know, without pissing somebody off. Or somebody nagging you or giving you just nothing but, you know, negative feedback. I mean, it's not even really constructive criticism. It's just, you know, it, sometimes it could just be very, like, hurtful things. Like what they tell you, oh, you messed up. You know, not even like, it's not very tactful. I remember somebody telling me, wow, if I had my boyfriend talked to you, talked to me the way your husband talks to you, I would cry. I, I, I mean, that right there is actually a big, 
you know, red flag. But I was married to him for about eight years at the time, and I never really realized how bad it was. Now I do when I think about things that were said and how we were with each other. It was bad. It was bad. It was a very toxic relationship, you know, and um, sometimes I, I would make fun of those that, you know, were very pleasant to each other, and I would think to myself, okay, you guys are just fake. But the truth is you can actually have those relationships where, you know, it's not 100% perfect, but they're those relationships where people respect you and don't judge you or, you know, or they're out to constantly put you down. Those relationships actually exist. <gasps> yeah. Not in the land of Narnia, but they do actually exist. You know, it's, it's really, I think it's very rare to find that. Because they're, you know, people have big egos and people are very prideful. So I believe that, you know, they tend to, you know, you express your feelings and they'll be like, well, that's not what it is and that's that. It's hard to find somebody that's willing to be mature enough to hear you out or consider how you feel. And if you're not getting that right now in your marriage or in your relationship, Yes, I would say try to talk to them about it. But if you're at that stage where it doesn't even matter, it's time to really rethink about things. And for those of you, my friends, who are dealing with somebody that is on meth, I can promise you that it's not going to get any better unless they try to seek help. And they, they literally check into a rehab. That's the only way. But other than that, it's very hard. And uh, I speak through experience because I, I stuck around for a year. You know, my mother told me, like I've repeated this quite a bit from my previous episodes. My mother had told me that it was my responsibility to get him clean. You know, and I, I tried my best. I was very confused at the time. And I was just like, okay, well, this is my life. This is my life. You know, I, I remember being so unhappy. It was just like I would wake up in the morning and I'm like, wow, it's another day. It's another day. But, you know, it just got bad where sometimes I know this sounds really bad and I'm not this way now, so no worries. But there's some times where I would just lay in bed and just say, God, I hope I don't wake up tomorrow, you know, but at the same time, I would be laying there with my babies and I would take that back and just think to myself that, you know what, I need to be strong for these babies. I need to be strong for my boys. That's all I could do, you know, and I had no idea. I was actually explaining how my life has been to one of my good friends and, you know, colleagues, and I told her, because, you know, we, we were having a little bit of scares with things at work. And um, I told her, I said, you know, she she was very sweet. She said, you know, you don't have to, you shouldn't worry or stress about that. She's like, despite how your life has been, here you are healing and becoming a much better person than you were before. And, you know, she's like, you're going to get through this because you always do. And she's absolutely right. There's certain things that we can't control that we should not be stressing out about. But 
this is literally how my life has been. And I share this with you guys because I want you guys to know that even if it seems completely hopeless, you just trust the process. And, you know, of course, thank God, the universe for everything that is, you know, that you're blessed with. You know, it's like once you can hang on to those things that you are blessed with, you know, it really shifts your thinking and really just helps you get through even the tough times. For example, you know, it's like even though I might have to deal with some nonsense later on, I, I'm thankful that, you know, as far the nonsense as far as like the the insurance and the hit and runs and stuff like that. And even let's say hypothetically speaking, I I get a threatening message or whatever the case may be. And I've, I've been dealing with a lot of financial issues because of this divorce. And I know that a lot of people are, you know, barely hanging on for dear life. Not sure if they're going to leave because they're afraid of the financial situations. But I will tell you this, you know, money isn't everything. And, you know, you might struggle. It might be hard, but you'll get through it and it'll make you a much stronger person. And uh, it's like, you know, you're not going to be able to be that strong person if you're still in the same situation. So it's like, this is where you have to make a decision. Do you stay? Do you go? Do you, you know, what moves are you going to make? But, you know, I, I, I'll tell you guys how exactly my life has been for the last few months. It's literally like a James Bond movie where you jump out of a plane, you have a parachute last minute. After the parachute, you know, you, you land in a, uh, you land in one of those speedboats and the speedboat hits a rock and then you go flying and then you actually land on a sea-doo. That's exactly how my life has been for the last few months where it's just like I'm thinking, oh my God, I am barely hanging for dear life. And it's scary. It is scary. But you know, you got to keep going on with it. I'll tell you guys, I would rather be hanging on for dear life and basically barely making it out with my children now in the situation that I'm in with inevitable, you know, challenges, life challenges versus challenges that are placed there by other people that, you know what I mean? It's like you don't have control. You don't have control because they are dictating what's going to happen in your life. And that's very scary. And it's like that's that time when you need to ask yourself, are you willing to allow this person who is, you know, making very poor choices to, to dictate what happens in your life? And by that, I mean, like making poor choices, you know, getting himself into trouble. And then next thing you know, you're you're going to be caught, not caught, but you're going to be stuck with some either some kind of bill or you're hap- you happen to be in a home that's very dangerous for you and your children and your children get taken away. So you have to really think about these consequences. That's why I left. I'll be honest. I, I looked at the situation and how bad it was getting. I realized it didn't matter how, I, how long I stayed because as I stayed, it was getting worse. And as I stayed, I realized the more, the longer I stayed, the more I was going to get hurt. It's I know this might sound a little bit melodramatic, but the end of my days there, I literally felt like that entire house was about to cave in. 
it felt very unstable. It looked like the roof was about to cave in. And I'm like, do I leave here? Or do I find another place? But it's, you know, but it, it seems scary out there. So what do I do? Well, it got to that point where I, I just no longer could, I had no choice but to make a decision. Many people will say, oh my God, it wasn't that bad. You know, I'm pretty sure it wasn't that bad. Well, you know, with all due respect, you weren't in that home. You weren't dealing with the things that me and my boys had to deal with. You weren't seeing what I was seeing. You didn't experience what I experienced. And whether or not you think on an outside perspective that this was not something that was that big of a deal and I am totally just being a mean person, then that's on you. Because truly I understand and I know what I can and cannot handle and I could not handle that no longer. So once that happened, I had to go. And, you know, it's like I said, there's so many, there's a few people that are not happy with my decision and a lot of them are my family members. But, you know, I mean, I do love them dearly. However, I can't be wrapped up in this situation no matter what they think. Even if they think that, you know, my children need a father or even if they think that, you know, um, the family needs to be whole because it's the Christian way or what have you. But I'll be honest, it's just I know that I could not be there any anymore. It's not that I want to do as I please, as they claim, or as they're accusing me of. It, it's a little bit more to it than that. And, you know, truly, at the end of the day, things that are being said you know, the guilt trips and all that stuff, it's all about control. And if you're in my situation, you have to understand that it's just other people that are trying to control your life. And um, from an outsider looking in, if you were to see one of your other friends going through the same thing, you would say the same to them. So don't allow this to happen to your life. You know, I, I, I can't really stress that anymore. And, you know, it's like I wish that... I wish that I could give you hope that uh, for those that, you know, do want to stay in the relationship because they feel that, you know, there's history or the children or they, you know, the love and stuff, but you've got to love yourself more. You truly got to love yourself more because you're going to damage yourself and you're going to drain yourself out to the point where you can just no longer you know, function on your day and it's bad. So you got to get yourself out of that situation, whether you like it or not. And I can promise you once you get out of that side, that ugly side, things will get better. I have to share as well. Um, so in the business where I work, I like, once again, I don't want to lay out any names, but I just realized that one of the very big people in our company you know, they were known as a power couple. They really were. And out of nowhere, I, I I don't really follow these people on social media as much, but I happened to stumble across it. And I was like, wait a minute here. Why is this person, you know, um, no longer, you know, and this person has a new significant other. And um, I found out that, you know, of course, this, the ex-wife, obviously, was done wrong. You know, I tried not to judge, but 
you know, usually it does take two to tango, but I don't know what the situation is. But needless to say, I was scoping through her social media and I saw that she had to pick up pieces and continue on. You know, she's an entrepreneur. She's just gorgeous and just, you know, she's got beautiful kids and I feel for the kids. And yes, they live a very high-end lifestyle, but even that, it just shows that, you know, money is not going to buy everything. When things happen, you know, it's very hard, especially for the children. And at the end of the day, these children are still They're still just children. You know, I'm going to read to you guys something that I saw. It's by, the quote is by Rachel Marie Martin. It says, Today in an auditorium full of parents, my son scanned the room looking for me. He saw me and his face lit up in the room. He wasn't looking for the perfect mom. He was looking for his mom. Don't ever forget the power of simply being their mom. So with that being said, it just, I saw that it was, you know, it was hard for, for these kids. I can only imagine what they're going through, especially, you know, so I reached out to her and you know, it's like she was telling me, I promise you, you're not alone in your, in your challenges, you know, and I had to tell her that I, I truly admire her from, for picking up all the pieces and getting back up and being an awesome mom, you know, and one day I hope that, you know, in some aspects I could be just like her as far as, um, you know, being very successful in things that I have passion for. I think it's awesome. But that was actually a very good insight. And there's a lot of things that I, you know, I have a lot of thoughts, my friends. My mind literally is at like 100 miles an hour or a minute. Sometimes my body can't keep up with my brain because I just, it's hard for me. And I know I'm going to sleep well tonight. You know, I actually just finished folding up clothes and just uh I've done some I've kept myself productive and um there's more things that I'm going to need to catch up on and um we'll we'll go about that in the morning but like I was saying uh, I I I want to just reiterate if you feel that you want to stay you know, I, I want you to ask yourself, how would you want to see your life, your life, not attached to anybody else, but how would you want to see your life within the next five years? How would you want your children to see you within the next five years? Because whether you want to believe this or not, your children and how they see you, whether you're happy, sad, or miserable, is going to take a toll on them. You know, um... Actually, my supervisor was telling me the one thing that she saw out of this entire thing, which is a good thing, was how my children and I, our bond got much more stronger. Because prior to the divorce, my husband, my ex-husband and I would always, 
leave the children either with my mom or my sister or his sister. And now they're coming with me. You know, it's like I would be a little bit stressed out because I'm like, wow, I can't afford to pay for them. But, you know, it's like they're just part of it now. And I, I have to understand and I have to accept that, you know, it's like if I'm going to any type of business trip, they're going to be with me and I just have to make it happen. You know, that there's no and ifs or buts on this. And, you know, it's like it's crazy how the mind works. You know, you psych yourself out to, to think that everything is okay and you just keep going. And, you know, sometimes it's like, for example, if you have a problem, you know, you're just like, oh, my God, it's coming, it's coming. It, and, and then all of a sudden, it's just like you psych yourself out, you put your head down, and you just get back to work. And you'll, you'll, you'll be like, oh, wait, hold on. The problem passed. Wow, I got through that. Are you kidding me? You know, and you give yourself a pat on the back. There's going to be a lot of those. And, you know, maybe right now, if you're still in the situation that you're in, you probably feel that you won't feel those and you'll be able to avoid those. You're literally like stepping on grenades every day. And every single time you do that, you're losing a piece of yourself. Every time you try to stay and fix this, you mess yourself up even more. And you cannot heal if you're still there. I'm sorry. I wish that I could tell you something else. You know, if somebody is willing to change either way, you need to step away and allow yourself to heal. That's the best way. You've got to work on you. If you're still concerned about them, it's not going to work. You're not going to heal. You're going to be contacting them and making yourself crazy, and that's no good. You know, and I'll be honest, I was afraid that I was not going to find, because he told me nobody's going to want to put up with me. But at the same time, I, 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 I realized, you know, it doesn't matter if anybody puts up with me. I put up with myself. I'm going to be raising my boys. That's all that matters. So, you know, things happen, and things happen for a reason. You know, I mentioned already I'm in a relationship and it is a little bit on the, you know, it was a little bit on the fast side. I was actually just talking to my boyfriend before, you know, before dinner. And, you know, we were just talking about how things were. And, you know, when you get into these relationships, it's, it can play with your mind. Because, number one, you'll start feeling guilty because you're like, wait a minute, especially if you're new significant other meets your children you're just like wait this is gonna look like I'm trying to replace my ex but you know it's not the case it really for me personally it's not the case you know my children know who their father is they know that my boyfriend is not going to be their father or replace that their their dad but many people will look at it that way of course and you can't prevent them from looking it that way it is what it is um, you know, the guilt that I had as well was like, what is everybody going to think? You know, I just recently got a divorce. How long am I supposed to not be, you know, single or how long am I supposed to stay single before I actually start entertaining other people? And, you know, I know that I'm probably being judged for that, but that's okay. So, you know, I had a lot of that, but I will say this, my friends, Things truly do happen for a reason. 
and you know there's no need to complain or you know and I really do believe that when you force things to happen either way they're going to fall apart and it's funny because when I think things are meant to happen no matter how much you try to avoid them they're going to come your way anyways so if you're meant let's say for example if you were trying to avoid somebody and you know like let's say for example you just yeah you know they they will still come into your life and they're meant to be in your life whether you like it or not you know and um i'll be honest that, that's how it kind of was with my with my boyfriend now you know it, it's funny we you know he <laughs> he tried to contact me and I, I was busy moving and he thought that I was actually just being a snob and he deleted my number at some point and actually I had my old phone with his number in it and I did not text him back for whatever reason I think it was because I was just like I'm not sure if I wanted to do this um well you know something inside me was like okay let me just text him and say hello so he has my new number so I did, and, you know, we, we talked and over the phone, and, you know, and the rest was history. It was really crazy how everything was. You know, he, we both um, were not very, how would I say this? We both weren't very sure about what was going on, and, you know, we were kind of trying to give each other that reassurance where it's like, no, no, I, I'm I'm okay. You know, I, I don't think that I'm just trying to, you know, have the, oh, excuse me, have the rebound or you're not a rebound, this, this, and that. And there were times where we felt guilty. It was, it was pretty funny. And now it's like that guilt has completely diminished. And, you know, it's like we've had patches to iron, but with that, you know, it's like the, the most important thing and the one thing that I really and truly love about my new relationship and it only has been seven months but just the fact that we can both talk to each other without anybody patronizing the other person or ignoring the other person's thoughts or just completely disvaluing dismissing their thoughts or emotions you know I mean everybody's on the same page and you know, I'm, like I said, it hasn't been 100% perfect, and it's not going to be, but it's pretty healthy because we're still able to maintain and stay on the path of our goals individually, and, you know, we now have goals together that we're working on, and I'm very excited about that. You know, it's uh, he's actually helping me and as well as building his own, uh, you know, in, in you know, and in um, the same company that I work for and he also is trying to work towards becoming a personal trainer so I'm helping him out with the networking on that one and I'm excited for that I you know I, I'm excited for his you know his future endeavors and everything and you know I I want to be here to support that and that's how it should be we support each other and you know but I'll be honest, I didn't have that with my last marriage, my last marriage, my last relationship, slash marriage. Uh, I had a lot of like, oh, okay, well, you think that you're 
in charge of everything and it's just like no I just want to be able to contribute it's not the fact that I want to outshine anybody I want to bring something to the table and that's it but it was never seen that way and um, you know all I got was criticism so it was this is a big change and it's very it's very warming and you know even though I do stress that comfort of having him just so kind and so gentle, it's, it's a wonderful feeling. So, you know, it, it does get better. I, I was not anticipating to meet somebody so quickly. And, you know, it's like despite all the drama that's been going on, despite all the threatening calls or what have you, my boyfriend's been there. You know, it, it's like, and I truly appreciate him for that. Yesterday, I had a quick rendezvous with um, a childhood friend. It was very nice that I mentioned um, the last episode. And I came home because he actually even volunteered to watch the kids and they were playing Fortnite together. Well, I came home and he had already made dinner and, you know, cleaned up the apartment. And I was like, wow. You know, which, by the way, he does not live here with me. And, you know, it's like he was very kind enough to do that. You know, he said, that way you don't have to worry about anything. And I was like, wow, that's really sweet, you know. And, um, you know, I, I just, at this point, I'm glad things happened as they did. And eventually you guys will get to hear from him because I will probably interview him. And, you know, it, it's going to be a lot of fun. But, look, don't stay anywhere where you feel that it's dark. You know what feeling I'm talking about when I say that it's dark. Get out of that and find your light. It gets better It'll be challenging, but embrace that challenge because that's basically part of that load that you will carry after you've escaped the ultimate dungeon. Yes. Well, I will talk with you guys tomorrow. I thank you all for listening and your continued support. And for those that want to reach me, you can definitely reach me on an email. Uh, as I had said, I actually did create an email specifically for my podcast listeners. And that email is still I rise, all in one word, dot cherrygolightly at gmail.com. So once again, still I rise, dot cherrygolightly at gmail.com. You know, I definitely look forward to hearing from you guys. And I want to tell you guys, thank you, because if it wasn't for you guys listening, I would not be doing this podcast or I would not be continuing to record episodes. You know, I, I feel blessed and uh, I feel great that I am able to reach out and, you know, make some friends and hopefully help you guys get out of your situation. I do hope for that. Um, and, you know, I, I would love to share, I would love for you guys to share your story with me. And um, 
perhaps I can invite you on the podcast and, uh, you know, uh, share your story and, and motivate somebody else to get out of their situation or, you know, share what you're going through right now. I think that would be a very good thing. But that's all I have for you guys for tonight. I do need to get up early tomorrow. It is Friday. I've got so much things on my plate that I need to do. And I bid you guys, I bid you guys good night. Be kind to yourself. Continue to smile. Take care of your little ones and just be, you know, again, be kind to yourself. Hang in there. We're going to get through this together. Once again, thanks. Thanks. It's time for me to go to bed. Thank you for listening to another episode of Still I Rise. I'm your host and friend, Cherry Go Lightly. So until next time, have a great night. Bye.